0: What's up, everybody? This is your host, Adam Forrest. Thanks for joining the Change Creator Podcast show. Today, we're going to be talking to The Adventure Project's co-founder, Becky Straw. Uh, She went from Columbia grad school to working with Scott Harrison when he was getting started with Charity Water um, and had her aha moment for The Adventure Project, which is really about giving people jobs and not handouts. She, she helps boost local economies. And it's the old saying, you know, teach people how to fish, uh, don't just give them the fish. And that's exactly what she's doing. And we dive into her story to find out, you know, how is she scaling this business? How does she get in touch and start identifying these areas of need and, and getting people the skills they need? So we're going to go through all that, and it's a pretty incredible um project that she has um so we're gonna we're gonna share a lot of those key insights Um, if you are interested in really discovering you know what is success and how what steps can you take especially as a social entrepreneur um to start you know reinventing yourself if you will and breaking old patterns and habits that allow you to you know move forward in a better direction with new habits uh, we cover all of this in our 2017 January edition with Ariana Huffington. If you haven't checked it out, we highly recommend it. We, we specially designed that issue f- around that. And in addition, we do talk with um, Daniel Ben Horn, who is the founder of TechSoup Global. I mean, these guys are in over 230 countries supporting nonprofits with technology. Um, they've been around for quite a while and he has a ton of experience to share about building up a nonprofit and you know social enterprise and what success looks like for them. Um, so we dive into how they do that in this edition of the magazine too. You could check it out with a one month free trial. Don't forget, no obligations there um so leave us a five-star review when you get a chance guys for the podcast for the magazine you name it all those things go a really long way uh without further ado we're going to dive into this conversation with becky and see what she has to say hey becky thanks so much for joining the change Creator podcast show today how you doing i'm well thank you so much for having me Hey, not a problem. It's a pleasure, and um, I think you got a lot of exciting stuff going on, and I'm really blown away by your numbers, and I love your your goals and visions, so we're going to dive into that a little bit and uh, see what we can learn from you. Um, And I always like to just start things off by giving people a little sense of the background. I think that has come to be expected at this point. So if you could just tell us, you know, before the Adventure Project was born, um, what were you doing? What were the life events that really got you to... Um, where you are and gave you the aha moment
1: for it. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I think for me, I was really blessed to be coming out of grad school um, at a time, especially when social entrepreneurship was just starting to blossom. Um, Columbia had a great program for social enterprise administration and nonprofit management that I was um, part of mm-hmm. and uh, was at UNICEF um working with the department of water and sanitation at their headquarters in New York, which was great. And, um, was connected to Scott Harrison, um, who at mm. the time was starting charity water. Yeah, And, um, you know, he, and I remember meeting him and he was like literally dry, parked a van outside the UN. Cause he was driving, you know, some art prints somewhere to some exhibition that he was doing to raise money. He was just getting started. And, <laughs> um, I was lucky enough to connect with him and basically I, I begged him to let me uh, sit on his couch and, and help him out um, after grad school. My parents were very proud of me that I, uh, after grad school, I <laughs> went to volunteer on someone, some guy's couch in Soho, but um, <laughs> it worked out. I um, was lucky enough to be the third employee there and nice. started out just doing you know, all the operations and management and um, all of our program development work. Um, yeah, and became uh, spent about a third of my time in sub-Saharan Africa and Haiti just assessing and evaluating different local partners that we were supporting and figuring out how do we scale and bring bring water to the billion people on the earth that that currently go without. So it was an incredible experience um, that I was there for for three great years and formative years of growing an organization, um, you know, from three people to, I think, I, I left when there was maybe 25. Um, and by that time, I think we were $17 million annually. It was a really, you know, talk about a unicorn. It was a really fast-growing, exciting environment. That's incredible. And it was great. Yeah. So that, um, you know, and those experiences were, were formative for me and, such a blessing to work um, and be surrounded by such creative people, and um, as I was working in these, these countries, evaluating these programs, something that kept standing out to me uh, was the wells that weren't working, and trying to identify, you know, why were they breaking, why um, the community wasn't maintaining them, and getting to the root of, of that issue. Um, I don't know if you know, know this, but you know, a third of all wells in Africa are currently broken. Um, from so, charity
0: water or just in general?
1: No, no, no. No, from as a sector-wide problem. Gotcha, so, gotcha. you know, this is governments, yeah. other nonprofits. Yeah. Um, this is in sub-Saharan Africa. It's about $3. uh, $320 million in broken uh, wells that yeah. are currently scattered throughout sub-Saharan Africa. Wow. Which, you know, at the end of the day, it's, yeah. it's we're talking about people I that once were so there, celebratory here. to have clean water in their village for the first time and then to realize that, and, you know, they're well broke. And so for me, I was really captivated by, by why it was breaking.
0: Yeah.
1: And primarily it's for three reasons, because there's no spare parts, no tools and uh, no train mechanics. So nobody locally who knows yeah. how to fix it. So right. that's the impetus for the adventure project and, and why we started was let's solve social problems by creating jobs and giving people um, professions that help local communities thrive.
0: So we're, you're we're building up their very economies very by out. creating it's jobs um, I guess that's where I get really curious so I guess not. take me to that. the first um, accomplished you know job success that you've created like what, right. where where did, where did it all start right there So you got the idea for this organization um, and you decided to go nonprofit which is a question I want to tap into as well but um, before mm-hmm. you do that I just curious um, you how did you get to yeah. your first, opportunity and win to say, all right, this is working. Like, you know, I, I got this person a job, like what was it and how did it, how'd that play out?
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, it wasn't even a win. It was just the knowledge that every single country I went to, yeah. there'd be some brave person that would come up to me and say, thank you so much for this water. Um, I'm also just wondering if you're hiring. And just being able to talk to people and, you know, sometimes they'd be holding their kids and saying, look, this is all the things I can do. If I just had a job, I know that I could take care of my own family and that, you know, my kids could go to school yeah. and just hearing that over and over and over again. um Made me realize that, okay, this is a huge, huge need. And, you know, and Gallup has actually confirmed this. They're doing the largest study in uh, the world. It's a 10-year study. And they released their report early, citing that everybody is giving the same answer when they ask the question, what is your great global dream? and everybody's dream is for the same thing and that's a good job no matter what country they're living in whether it's you know l.a or nairobi yes everybody is saying i just want a good job and um you know there's pride in having a, a great job there's purpose that um Your work brings you, and we're working in places that are, you know, in dire need. You know, people are living on less than two dollars a day, and most people are just like you and me. They don't want aid. They don't want charity. They, they, they know that they can work. They just need the opportunity. So we, you know, come in with the tools and the training and um, the uh, skills, and we help build those skills so that they can go on to thrive and um, be able to work on their own. It's not an endless cycle of poverty. It's um, giving them a, a leg up so that they can get on and they can take care of their kids
0: yeah wow, that's so, amazing. so
1: um you know there, there's many many stories i have
0: <laughs> oh i'm sure i'm sure they're very powerful stories so you know i guess you know people you know and they want the, they say the answer of what they really want is a job which i guess i translate that as without a job I, I can't have access to goods to take care of my family so ultimately it's you know their way of getting um you know the ability to actually provide is, is that does that is that right or what do you think
1: absolutely that's right yeah i mean i think if you just look at as as americans we talk about this so much we talk about our job rate we talk about our unemployment rate um political political figures often talk about unemployment rates and, and create jobs um but we don't do that with our philanthropy right we're so generous with our philanthropy and our gifts um we fail to recognize that um while we're talking about these big lofty goals as american ideals and values that they're actually, it's the same values, um, for people that are living in extreme poverty. Right. 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 Um, and moms and dads are just, they just want the same, um, dignity and independence to be able to, um, wake up each morning and, and take care of their families, you know? Yeah, absolutely. The same, um, same emotive spirit. Right, right, right. So, yeah, and, um... To answer your question about why we became a nonprofit, oh, yes, yes. is you know my co-founder Jody is um, a mom and to six kids, like she's just an incredible woman in her own right, and you know she had said, you know, I just don't have a lot of money to give, but I want to know that what I give is making a difference. Um, and so, if you really look at Americans and our charitable giving, we are one of the most philanthropic countries uh, around the world we give so much money so we're so radically generous and so we thought well what if we just channeled that radical generosity towards stuff that really works and stuff that really is going to end extreme poverty you know what are the interventions that are really going to create the change that we hope to see with our gifts and how do we make that tangible and real and measurable um, and do it in a way that give people dignity and um really you know our gifts are just leverage it's all about just giving somebody a little bit of capital and job training and skills and uniforms and machinery whatever they need to then uh be successful
0: that's yeah i mean that makes sense and so as you started this vision um, for the adventure project you don't think um, that would ha- now wrong. let's say you someone gets a job and their job is they're fixing these think broken wells just hypothetically job. speaking um how do, mm-hmm. how do you get them started? I guess, what is the process that you work with them, uh, and get them on the right track? And I guess you have to give them some kind of funding to start the business and then who becomes their customers and h- how do they start getting a reoccurring, um, you know, earnings?
1: Sure. That's a great question. So we we're called the adventure project first, cause we act almost like a VC where we're, we're adding venture capital, right? Yes. We're, We're um, adding something positive to the world that is much like a VC and that we find kind of the best of the best local partners that are really keyed in um, and use great data to ensure that what they're doing is successful. And so for our our portfolio, we have a scale fund. So those are ideas that um, local organizations are doing that can be replicated um, and they need extra capital to be able to do that. They've already proven their model. They know they're successful. We have great independent data proving that they're reducing child mortality and um, increasing livelihoods. And so they just need the capital scale. The other portfolio is, or other sector in our portfolio is innovation, which is all about can we test new ideas or ways of thinking operating that will trigger a massive amount of um, social good? And so that would be the well mechanic program that you're talking about there. We're doing a pilot program where we're working with a local partner that is um, basically, there's lots of components to that because water is a government entity. Um, Water is a a human right. So in Uganda, we're working with the local district, the local government, and they're actually putting in funding. They actually contributed their entire rehabilitation budget to this program. So um, whereas we, you know, our first year put in, I think, like, $50,000 $50,000 they put in their entire budget which was 14000 and so you know they, they were working with the meager amount but it was really tangible that they were really interested in having this well rehab program yeah. so from there helped start a, a well mechanics association um, doing local radio ads advertising for this association got a bunch of applicants, people applying and then it's all about you know we're providing the funding to help train those mechanics get them the tools and the spare parts they need to be, um, successful. Um, for that program, then each well that is fixed goes into this, um, model that involves hiring a local caretaker in the community who is responsible for turning on the well in the morning and sitting by the well and collecting nominal fees per jerry can. So they'll collect um, four cents per jerry can, which is, you know, obviously not very much money, but it is enough to keep the wells working and maintained and paying for the caretaker's salary as well as for future repairs uh, with the well mechanic.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And so yeah. uh, you go across many different categories. So we're talking about the well mechanics, but it could be education. Could it now? It's just anything that looks. I mean, similar to like I guess like Ashoka goes out and they look for highly motivated people that have the opportunity to scale businesses. Are you investing in a similar way where you're betting? Like you mentioned, you you look at for certain qualities in people, um, and mm-hmm. is it across all categories or do you focus in certain areas right now?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Our, our portfolio currently includes four sectors. So you say we touch on anything that's related to the environment, health, hunger, and water issues. So we've basically taken, you know, what are the four greatest social issues of our time? And how can we, you know, use business models to mm-hmm. um, trigger social good? And through, you know, those four sectors, you know, we kind of look for different organizations that fit into those categories. So environment is all about um, carbon and saving, uh, fossil fuels by clean cookstoves and, and solar and, you know, water is obviously the well mechanics that talked about health is about training healthcare workers, um, primarily right now. And then hunger, we're really tackling hunger by, by leveraging uh, irrigation and helping local farmers become profitable entrepreneurs.
0: Right. Right. Um, that's interesting. So, and and would you be planning as you continue to grow? And I know you have a, a, a pretty big vision. Um, I think it's, what, a thousand jobs in the next year. Um, would you uh, be planning to yeah, stick to those four categories or expand at any point?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we're hoping to expand. In our portfolio, we think we can probably find other partners and countries that we can expand to within those four sectors. Um, I, I think what is fascinating to us is just how much we have helped with education um by not supporting children at all by support but by supporting their parents yeah so for example we we know that for every farmer we help gain access to irrigation he or she increases their crop yield 500% just in one harvest and that provides them with so much income that they uh, on average send one child to school um, for the first time within that first harvest. So we have really rich data that we're getting from the partners and um, I think we've, we have over a thousand children, we've created a thousand jobs in the first six years and over a thousand children are currently in school because of, um, the jobs that we've created. So for us, it's really about how do we, how do we trigger, uh, other social issues just by providing the, the adults, the parents with, with good, um, good jobs.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so a lot of progress and you've been, what was your year of inception that you started?
1: We started in November of 2010 so the very tail end of 2010 so we just last week celebrated our um, sixth anniversary it's amazing great so
0: Thank you. yeah yeah congratulations um, on your progress and so I'm curious what has been you know even stepping away from the the initial years um, what is your current challenge and and how do you I guess what kind of resources I'm curious to know like Actually, let's just pause there. What is your current challenge for, you know, progressing to the next step? You know, as a founder, you know, we're always looking at how do I move things? How do I move the needle and continue to expand my impact as a, a social entrepreneur? And so right now, there's always something to overcome and break the next barrier. So what are you trying to achieve now? Like, what it, what would you define as your challenge for the next step?
1: Sure. Um, you know, I think our challenge is pretty... Um, relational i think most people have a similar challenge and it's it's scale it's like you have a great product um you have for us we have 10,000 people who've supported our work which is um really humbling to us Mm. and now the challenge is like well how do we get a million people involved (laughs) like you know we (laughs) in all seriousness you know we you know would like to be part of ending extreme poverty in our lifetime and there is a real, tangible, urgent need to do that um, and an opportunity to do that. Um, you know, the, the, the data is, is real. We, um, when I was born, you know, I'm 35, uh, 44% of the global population was living in extreme poverty. So, you know, over 4 out of 10 people. And now, um, for the first time this year, it is less than 10%. So a huge, huge drop in global poverty um, across uh, the world. Now, most of that is concentrated in China and India um, and lifting people out of poverty there. But, you know, that's an enormous opportunity and we could be the first generation to um, end extreme poverty, you know, uh, in our lifetime. I think that's something really cool and that's such an incredible legacy that we could create and um, we want to be part of that. So... For us, it's all about how do we tell more great stories and how do we get make it easy and accessible for other people to join us and share our story? Because um, we feel what we're doing is the most effective way and, and quickest way that we can really help people in a very tangible, meaningful way. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and what kind of, I guess... Um marketing, um, you know, and promotion, whatever it might be, um, you know, it could be content marketing videos, telling your story, you were mm-hmm. just saying, you know, what has gotten you to your first ten thousand uh funders? So now you mentioned before we started our discussion um that you started this with just four thousand dollars. So, you know, how did you start getting uh these ten thousand contributors on board? How did you get in front of them and make them aware of your story? Like what has worked the best for you?
1: Such a good question because I think it's changed every year. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. I think marketing, the world we're in with digital is moving just so incredibly quickly. Right. Um. We're just seeing we're seeing more people on mobile. Um. You know, and so we've had to shift that strategy a bit. Um. Video story. We used to do a lot of long form content stories, and that has kind of shifted to more short form. um, Storytelling, quick videos. Um instagram has driven a little bit more traffic to us lately um you know i think it's been partnerships so working in partnership with um you know, this skim is a daily email newsletter, and they were kind enough to feature us on World Water Day last year, March 22nd, and say, look, give up a drink, <laughs> you know, give up your $9 glass of wine and instead give it right. to the Venture Project. Right. And I know you la- you laugh, but we had, um, I think, over 1,400 transactions in one day, uh, 1,400 people joined us. And we raised forty-four thousand dollars. I mean, that's like an incredible um, way to gain a, a lot of followers in a short period of time. Was you know working in partnership, where then they you know they hopefully felt. I know they felt really great that they were able to really use. Um, their marketing to really help shine a light yeah, on yeah, our, our yeah, issue so and give back, support. you know, that's such an incredible um, so opportunity. I so it was, um, you, I just want to jump um, in there real well, quick. Cause well, I'm,
0: I'm curious, over, um, you know, people always hear, yeah, create partnerships. If you don't have an audience and yet, it, you can leverage someone else's audience yeah. and you know, you want them to do a campaign yeah, for you, but all that all is right, you know, everyone, yeah, you people love don't know how to create those partnerships. So what can, if you can share what, what was the, what did that partnership mm-hmm. look like? Meaning,
1: why did they do that for you? <laughs> <laughs> um, the secret is all about grit and tenacity and kindness. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: That's all there really is to it. And I've learned a lot from, well, Scott Harris and my former boss used to do this a lot. It's like, you aren't afraid to write someone and just say, like, I'd love to work. You know, I know you're really busy. You know, you start off like that. And you say, like, here's some ways that I think we could connect and, and why I think it might work. Mm-hmm. Um, there's any, any you know, and then you're closing it with like, you know, if there's opportunities for me to help you or anything you need, let me know. Right. Um, and, you know, I could share it with the skim. It was like getting a friend to, you know, to then introduce me to somebody and then hounding them until we met for coffee and they were <laughs> right, so nice. Right. And they're like, well, it has to fit. Yeah, And it has to fit into our strategy. And so to be honest with you, we totally, we knew they loved wine and they talk about wine on their blog. And we said, well, how can we get them to say yes? Why don't we just say like, you know, give up, give up the glass of wine today and instead, you know, donate $9 to the venture project. And so we actually crafted a landing page just for them so that when we pitched it, they looked at it and were like, oh yeah, this makes perfect sense. And so it was, um, you know, something that I then followed up three more times. And then the night before the campaign, you know, World Water Day, the email, and they said, okay, we've got room. We're you
0: in our, yeah, our email yeah, yeah, today, yeah. I tomorrow. Love no, this is the kind of details um, people are hungry but for. It,
1: yeah, and I think you know, it, as an entrepreneur, you're beat down until you feel like you're a bloody pulse. <laughs> <laughs> like you just, you get 10, 10 no's for every yes. yes it's right. really just kind of saying, we could be sad about it and being like, they never wrote me back. Instead, I like to, I just, you know, I forward to them and I just say, hey, you might have missed this in your inbox, like, but just would really love for you to consider, you know, let me know. You know and sometimes it's simple as getting the nose too, because then you know to move on. So it's just kind of getting an answer and just giving them in a very genuine, um, I wouldn't say like a harassing way, right? But just like a very heartfelt way of like, you know, if you want me to disappear, let me know. I yeah. <laughs>
0: but also it's not just about going through the motions, it's about really thinking about it in a certain way and addressing, you know, you got to know who you're talking to and how you can actually add value to them and what they're doing uh, if you want to get something in return. So you have to get a little bit clever with it and you've made the landing page, you put the pitch, you had to reach out several times. I think this is really important for people to understand and You know, we have, I mentioned to you that we're kicking off 2017 with Ariana Huffington on the cover, but, you know, I've been reaching Mm -hmm. out to them since March, 2016. So, you know, that was a long time (laughs) for me, but, you know, sooner or later, they're just like, all right, just, just give this guy what he needs. Okay. (laughs) So it it takes a lot of work.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot of tenacity, right? And uh, patience.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I think it's important too, that you made the point that you have to they have to fit with the with you. They said that you need to align with our brand and our strategy. And so you really want to reach out to people that um, align to your values so you could speak to those things. Because when you're a startup, you probably don't have a lot of reach and audience to offer them. But if they can empathize with what you're doing, there is, um, you know, a little bit more to work with there
1: hmm. Yeah. Or if, if what you have to offer their product is something that aligns with their audience and you've researched it. Right. For me, it was saying to the skim, I was like, look, our audience is also millennial women. They're the same demographic as yours. Right, and right. could we chat? Right.
0: That's perfect. Yeah. I mean, you just got to do your homework and just kind of get smart about it. So that's great. That's a good that's good tips for people. Um, <clears throat> so I guess, you know, when you started with that first four thousand, let's take that back a little bit. And you know you like you said, you hit your first ten thousand. now you're looking to scale and figure out how to do that stuff. But when you were starting with that four thousand, I guess how did you use that money? Um, you know what was, what were the things that you did to bring your right now, let's just say you had your vision for this idea because you're talking to all these people, you're working for with Scott. Um, but now that you had this vision and you had four thousand dollars in your pocket, what did you, what steps did you take to start manifesting this idea? I mean, people create business plans. They write a vision on paper, you know, like they put money into, you know, getting their logos, just like what kind of foundational steps? I think that's a real missing piece for a lot of people is, well, how do they just start, start going? Like, what are those initial things you do?
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. And we, I will say, you know, so yes, you're right. We launched with $4,000, um, in our bank account and we launched in 30 days, which is pretty quick turnaround. I mean, I think one of the blessings of what we have um, now uh, in front of us is that our generation has a really easy time being able to get started with a product online, um, thanks to digital. So, you know, for us, we, Uh, we literally I should share this sometime but we literally made a google doc that just said like launch document for the adventure project and we tried to just get one or two things done on it every day and like they're the silliest things one was like build a board get nonprofit status build a website you know they're huge things but when you just put them down on the list it didn't you know it didn't seem so scary right it was just very and it was a google doc that my co-founder and I shared and just each day we like did you know we added to it as we went along and just um, started ticking boxes off and just said, well, well, let's launch then and put up an announcement. We um, put notes on Facebook and just said, we're looking for our friends to join us. You know, um, I will say one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was one when I was asking Sean Buddy, um, one of my board members, if he'd be willing to join. And I was, I was kind of giving him the pitch. You know, he was like, tell me why, you know, there are a million charities in the U.S., right? Like, why would you be crazy enough to start a new one? And, um, you know, I was telling him why it was important that we um, do this. And he asked, well, why wouldn't you do this? Tell me why you shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I could come up with was like, well, Sean, I think, I guess, is that I might fail and he's <laughs> yeah. honestly i was like i don't know maybe i'll maybe i'll totally fail maybe nobody else wants to believe in this vision and he just said okay well then this is just what you're going to do and i was like okay he's like you're going to just put your head down and keep working because while everyone else is worrying um and spending their time worrying you're just going to be working and that he's like you're not going to fail and i thought well then that's like such a refreshing piece of advice, because yeah, yeah. every time that you get um, caught up in the cycle of, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fail, you know, I'm so worried, and people spend time checking their bank statements instead of, you know, pitching or writing emails, yeah. you know, it, it's something, it was such a really keen piece of advice um, that helped us really just keep going, because we just were like, okay, well, then let's just put our head down and, and get to work and not not worry about failure.
0: Right, yeah, Absolutely. I love that advice, and it's true, I mean, I guess you just need to plan intelligently to make sure that your resources can last until you actually do, um, you know, start pulling in some kind of dollars to sustain the business, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it doesn't mean that you put blinders on, it just means that you're going to have faith that you're going to keep figuring out what the solution is, right?
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Great. So, um, well, I guess I'm curious what you would define then as your biggest success so far.
1: Um, You know, I think we... I don't... This sounds really... Naive of me, but just that it's working. (laughs) (laughs) I think. um, But, you know, we started with this idea, you know, some of the pilots that we've done, um, especially the Well well Mechanic Training Program. This is the first Well Mechanic Training Program on the continent. You know, this is a huge deal and it's going so extremely well. And I'm just so proud of all of our local partners that we get the opportunity to work with them every day and help craft their vision and make it a reality. And I think. Just I go back and I get to visit some of the jobs that we've created and, and connect with some of the women who seeing their kids now in middle school and high school and um, seeing how their families are thriving and how they're doing so well is really um, just brings it all home to me. And that's the, what is really, um, you know, the most um the biggest reward for me. Right,
0: rewarding, fulfilling okay. people. And people are looking for more of that today. And that's kind of, you know, where we stand and trying to facilitate people so they can they All can right. get the feeling that you have. Like, we want people to pursue work that, um, you know, they're passionate about and they're excited to wake up for because you're actually helping people. You know, you're doing something that makes a difference. And having yeah, that sense of purpose just can't be matched, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's so important.
1: Exactly. And I think it's also, you know, making sure to check in with yourself and and celebrate the small wins because so often it's, you know, such a hard job starting something from scratch that, um, sometimes you just need to sit back at the end of the day, um, with a drink and (laughs) and just be like, okay, well, you know, what went well, you know, like what, maybe, maybe XYZ didn't work out as planned, but what came of that, even if it was a failure, um, What did you learn from that so that you can pivot the next time?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, I I do want to be respectful of your time. um, And, you know, I want to give you a chance to kind of just give a shout out. You know, how do people learn more about what you're doing? How do they get involved? uh, Stuff like that. Um, Actually, before I dive into that, before I dive, I got one more thing for you. (laughs) I like asking this this question and uh, it, it may throw you off a little bit. You ready? <clears throat> <Okay>. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you were going to start all over again, knowing what you know now,
1: mm-hmm. what would you do
0: differently, if anything?
1: That's a really good question. I, hands down, would have been bolder and braver. And I think we already are pretty bold and brave, but I think from my perspective, we didn't take salaries for the first year and a half because we thought we really wanted to prove our model. Um, and it was almost like a little, uh, I think it was like being a martyr, which I think was unfortunate is that Mm. we, you know, I just lived off two credit cards and then (laughs) after, you know, and then onto 15 friends' couches and it was a great experience. Um, but I think, you know, it didn't really, we didn't do a great job of taking care of ourselves. And I think I, you know, would have, if I had done it again, I would have done a, a better job of taking care of myself.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Perfect. Well, that's a good answer. Um, all right. Now let's get into how people can find you, learn more about what's going on, get involved if they want to, um, all that good stuff. Where, where do they do that?
1: Yeah, the adventureproject.org, O-R-G. And, you know, there's so many ways to get involved. It's even as simple as just joining our our email list. Um, we send occasional emails that are just kind of educational because we feel that you know everybody deserves to to learn more about how do you effectively move people out of poverty. You know what are some of the The ways that are working and and interesting, you know, bite-sized nuggets of information about international development that we think are are current and relevant today. Um, If people actually want to be generous and join our movement, um, a lot of people end up just signing up to to become part of our collective, which is a movement of people who really believe in ending extreme poverty in our lifetime. Um, Most people contribute about $30 um, a month. But, you know, we we have some college students who give three bucks, you know, it's just really putting in, um, putting, throwing your chip into the ring, right? Like, just saying, yeah, I want to be part of it. And then, you know, every month we're sending those collective members, a story of an entrepreneur who's been hired because of them. So I think that's really cool that you can really yeah. see your impact yeah. and know who um, who you're helping and, and what kind of job you created for them.
0: Absolutely. Well, and I love what you guys are doing because so many charities, which we do need these charities, but many, you know, they say here, you donate, we'll give people food and donations. Great. But that's not actually solving the problem that, of why they're hungry to begin with, whereas you guys are creating uh, the opportunity for people to have jobs, which can they can then, you know, it's the whole uh, teach a, teach someone how to fish versus just giving them a fish kind of thing. So the money is being very well spent with the efforts that you're putting out there. So I really, I really do love what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, thank you. yeah, we we like it too. <laughs> <laughs> we good. feel the same way. yeah.
0: <laughs> and you should. you should. I call it the Christmas Eve effect when you're you're just so excited about what you're doing that you can't sleep the night before you want to get up and start tackling the day.
1: <laughs> yes, it's a good feeling to have, and I, I feel lucky that I get to have that every day. So
0: absolutely. I'm
1: absolutely. really fortunate.
0: All right, Becky. Well, that is the end of our time. So we're going to close shop here. But uh, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Wonderful story. Keep up the good work. And um, if you ever need anything, you know where to reach me.
1: Thank you, Adam. It's It's been a pleasure. And um, yeah, really honored you uh, reached out.
0: Absolutely. All right. Till next time. Thank you.
1: Okay. Bye.